Zach Kempe dishes in front. Another sliding save by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizana sliding pad save. Robin Leonard. What a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. On opening night of the 2021 Stanley Cup Final, this is the VGK Insider Show. Along with Ryan Wallace, who's out of the homestead, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Our number two is going to get a little more VGK-centric uh, and a sort of playoff of what happened against the Montreal Canadiens and look ahead a little bit uh, to next year. And we're going to get back into a traditional schedule, more uh, traditional uh, divisions. We're going to add the Seattle Kraken. Uh, so there's uh, a lot to look forward to in 2021-2022, uh, including the uh, the arrival of the NHL's All-Star Weekend, which was just announced uh, today uh, that uh, T-Mobile Arena and the Las Vegas Strip will, will host the All-Star uh, Weekend. But uh, the players and the coaches and the managers uh, held their availability on the weekend, Ryan, and uh, thought it was important because a lot of stuff gets out on Twitter, but you don't actually hear uh, what Kelly McCrimmon had to say, uh, the tone in which she said it, or uh, Pete DeBoer, the players themselves. So uh, today's an important day, and we'll sprinkle this in uh, because we're no way we're going to get through all of this uh, over the course no. of the next hour. But we'll sprinkle this in over the next uh, couple of days uh, in this time slot uh barring uh, a special guest or two uh, coming on. So we'll try to lead off our number two with uh, some uh, of the availability and what uh, the principals had to say. And as we do that, uh, in in listening to the Alec Martinez and the Alex Petrangelo's, Mark andre Fleury's, Mark Stone's, uh, Kelly McCrimmon's, uh, Pete DeBoer, uh, your takeaway from what you heard from the Golden Knights uh, on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my main takeaway, and it was really in in hearing Pete DeBoer and kind of the comparable that he had for where the Golden Knights are at right now, how difficult it is to win in this league, how long it of a road it can be to finally get to the top of the mountain. I think that you have to understand and you have to recognize that every single year, one team wins and everyone else doesn't get an opportunity to do that. Everyone else can't win. And so you might think that your team is ready to take that next step and they might be in the process, but just because you don't win now, it doesn't mean you're not going to win. It doesn't mean you can't fine tune and tweak some things here and there, but you have to continue to move forward and progress. And I think that's really where I came out of uh, the locker room media availability to end the season. You know, in covering the game for as long as I have, there's certain teams and organizations that stand out where you wonder, will they ever get over that final hurdle? Uh, the Detroit Red Wings of the late 90s uh, were one of those teams that you you legitimately questioned whether or not that team could win with that group, and uh, in particular, mm -hmm. that captain in Steve Eisenman. Ends up, right. they have a dynasty, and Eisenman is is now on Mount Rushmore of, of, of leaders. Uh, Scotty Bowman was brought in to get them over the hump, and he failed uh, initially, too, or came up short. We'll have to get mm -hmm. Scotty on, because there's there's a couple of similarities. One, uh, trying to get over the hump, 
uh, Scotty with Detroit and what Vegas has tried to do uh, under Pete DeBoer. The other one is goaltending tandems. Like Scotty had that with Chris Osgood and Mike Vernon, and we know Pete DeBoer. So there's a lot, a lot of places to go with Scotty uh, in in making comparisons here. But uh, another team was Washington, uh, and geez, you just you weren't sure. And there's probably more doubt. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, we we got to live that uh, uh, first uh, hand uh, with Washington getting through. And then there is the the Tampa Bay Lightning. So here's Pete DeBoer on getting over the hump and what it takes. I, I got to know uh, John Cooper pretty well here over the last few years, and uh, you know, it, it, it reminds you that between Tampa's. Uh, first appearance in the Stanley Cup final and winning the Stanley Cup those five years or four or five years in between. Uh, they lost two conference finals and missed the playoffs. They got swept in the first round after winning the President's Trophy. So, you know, there, there's pain and, and you try and remove the emo- emotion from it. Uh, you recognize the good things you did. Uh, you tweak uh, both from a coaching point of view and a personnel point of view, make yourself better, uh, decide on the guys you can win with and the guys you can move on from and, uh, and keep the process moving forward. So Tampa is an interesting example. Yeah. That Pete cites because in 2015, Chicago winning that cup, uh, they met in the Stanley cup final, a bit of a surprise, Tampa, Tampa getting there. Good team. They had Ben Bishop, and then mm-hmm. remember Ben Bishop got hurt in the final. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Duran wasn't being played, and then he, they, there was a big controversy there. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky came in and was lights out uh, when he did play, mm-hmm. and boy, was that a sign of things to come. Uh, but a bit of a fluke, <laughs> and expectations were raised, and that group struggled with those expectations. Uh, Steve Eisenman built a very good team with that with that group, and there was, there was talk, was Stamkos going to stay Remember, he became a free agent. Was he going to stay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or was he going to move on to where he could win a Stanley Cup? Best decision. No tax, state tax, and uh, got a cup and is in position to possibly win another one. Uh, but like that is a huge example. And there's no, there's no guarantee that anybody's going to follow that example. But the patience part is huge. I don't know. I don't know. This market has really enjoyed a, a marvelous and uh, just very uh, unflawed first four years. No cup, mm-hmm. but nobody's ever done with this market. Like Tampa missed the playoffs and got swept in shocking yeah. fashion during that that stretch. Uh, there's a lot of organizations that would have made wholesale changes. And they didn't, and I think the, that's a lesson. That that's a lesson. Uh, there's going to be changes with this group, Ryan. There's definitely going to be changes, sure. but it, this isn't a tear it halfway down and start over type thing. No, and and I think the the interesting thing when it comes to Tampa is you mentioned this this they did miss the playoffs. They did have an absolutely phenomenal regular season. And then they got swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it was at that moment where you've got and you've got a decision to make, right? You you can either look at what you've done on the whole and say this is what we're really good at, this is where we think we can we can kind of be a step above everybody else, and here's where we need to improve, or you can panic and you can 
you know, blow the whole thing up and make a bunch of different changes and then really not see how close this core group of players are. And so, you know, the, the thing that Pete said about you, you got to figure out who you can win with and you have to figure out who you can move on from. And I think right now for the Golden Knights, I, I understand the, the want for more playoff wins. I understand the want for a Stanley Cup. And I understand the want to look at, say, look at the lack of production in terms of offense and say elite number one center or whatever the case may be. But do you think that blowing things up or significantly changing the roster to acquire that piece is the right move? Or do you think that you can find some things and tweak in different ways to make this team six wins better in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I think it's going to be fascinating to keep an eye on it over the course of the offseason. I looked at the uh, free agent market right now for centers, mm-hmm. and uh, like that's not the direction they're going to go. No. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're looking for an elite number one center, you can move on from free agency. Yeah, uh, you, you you may find Trade. some, you may find somebody to play center, uh, but it's not going to be what people are asking for, or hoping no. for, or or believe that the team needs. Uh, after I've been, I've come around. I used to be a center guy, like pivot pivot guy that you really needed that. Uh, they've done it differently here, and I've been impressed mm-hmm. the way they've they've built the team without that uh, that strong pivot and sacrificing uh, for that strong pivot. Uh, but uh, I understand where where some of the uh, angst uh, comes from. Uh, trade would be would be the area, uh, and. When you hear Pete say, uh, like, find out who you can win with and who you can move on from, that gets people's uh, hair up a little bit on, on the back of their neck. Like, what, what change? Yeah, that, that, that's going to happen. And I don't know who yeah. or how it's going to happen, but there's going to be some change. Uh, when the season ended last year, I don't know how many people thought Nate Schmidt wouldn't be a part of this group. Not very many. Yeah. Yeah. And... You found a way to bring in Alex Petrangelo uh, for Nate Schmidt. I love Nate, but Petrangelo is a, a, a step up. The sacrifice was some, some real salary cap crunches and pinches and binds, uh, but uh, that was an advantage. So I, I'll be interested to see, not, not necessarily that they're going to go out and grab the biggest fish, but... Mm-hmm. I think there'll be some tweaks after seeing the last two postseasons of what they've run up against, um, arguably against one-offs, because Dallas didn't make the playoffs again, and I'm all curious to see what happens against Montreal, Montreal next year. Uh, but trying to have to generate offense against a team uh, like that, I think there will be some some medium to big tweaks. Uh, can you have a big tweak, or is that uh, a significant change? Because a tweak seems a tweak in itself says a minor change. Yeah, like I tweaked my my, my I, knee I or would, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to say big change. I, I think you could just say change. Change. It's a, a, a big tweak is a change. For sure. I'm more I'm more of the belief that there'll be a change this year than I was last mm-hmm. year. And <laughs> that's interesting yeah. um, because the the. The fact of the matter is, they the the Golden Knights went out and got the biggest free agency right. uh, signing they could possibly get. So what what does Kelly McCrimmon have in store as as an encore this this offseason? For me, like I look at that quote 
from Pete DeBoer about figuring out who you can win with and figuring out who you have to move on from as one where there were a lot of people very frustrated when the Golden Knights were eliminated. There were a lot of people on social media, on, on our program, whatever the case, that said it wasn't good enough, they need to be better, they need to find wins. Well, the reality of the situation is if you're that frustrated or in that moment, that's how you feel, you have to also accept that there might be players that you like on this team that are not coming back because the organization believes there is a, a player out there that, that maybe they get a little bit more out of in the, in the playoffs next year. So you, you have to also understand that if that frustration is where you're at as a fan, the frustration of not winning is also there within the, within the front office, within the coaching staff, and they want to deliver a product that wins a Stanley Cup for this city. It's not about not liking the player that has to leave. Right. It's about right. wanting the player coming in. That's not mm-hmm. to say some players haven't been uh, on on the on the wrong side of it with management or a coach and and been shown the door. Uh, that's certainly uh, happened on a on a few occasions. But the the Nate example is a great one. They like Nate. Mm-hmm. They yeah. like Paul Stastny, yeah. but they had to find ways uh, to manage the cap uh, going going forward, and that's going to be an issue too or a challenge issue challenge. Same type of uh, uh, standing on the same umbrella. How do they do that? And I, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be incredibly fascinating to watch because we have the mm-hmm. we have the Seattle Kraken expansion draft on June twenty first, July twenty first. We have the NHL draft on July twenty third and twenty fourth. So yep. there's four days there where three significant events are going to happen. The Kraken expansion draft on the 21st, the first round of the NHL draft on the 23rd, and then rounds two through seven on the 24th. Teams are going to be working with their availability list for Seattle and looking for some help. And I think Vegas will be in a great position to be able to step in and and say Seattle's playing real hardball. Who knows? Can Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee... Uh, slide in there and offer a, a better deal than Seattle. Take a player off the off the hands of Team A, B, or C. Where where is that uh, lie in the in the opportunity? I I think Vegas in this next month is is going to have a couple of incredibly positive opportunities for players going up to and through the expansion draft and the NHL draft. Yeah, I mean it's unique leverage, and and if there's one thing that we've learned about the Golden Knights front office is that if they've got an opportunity to utilize some leverage, they're, they're going to do that to make the team better. And, you know, I, I think that that, that week in particular from the 21st to, to the 25th, 26th, like that is an opportunity for the Golden Knights to identify some players that maybe they could utilize that they think makes this team better. And then go out and try to make some deals. I, I do think that there's that opportunity that, you know, come the end of July, we have a really good idea about what what the areas were for the Golden Knights that they wanted to address in the offseason. Mark Stone is not going anywhere. And he no. uh, had a marvelous first year as captain of this organization. And boy, some incredibly memorable moments uh, being able to step up. And that uh, overtime goal against Colorado just put uh, the big punctuation point on it. Uh, 
it didn't end well uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. But here's the captain on how close this group is. Yeah, I mean, I do think we're close. Um, you know, I think it's it's very hard to win eight, <clears throat> let alone four of them. Um, you know, I, I think we understand that. <clears throat> I mean, we went seven games in the first round against Minnesota. Um, you know, we're in six games against Colorado and in six more games against uh, Montreal. Um, you know, we could have lost game seven easily against Minnesota, but I think our group is learning to win uh, different games. Um, <clears throat> I think obviously there's going to be some reflection uh, on the year uh, kind of as you go uh, throughout this summer and the off season, but um, I do think we're close. I think we're um, now it's about, uh, you know, kind of building that little extra chemistry to uh, get us over the hump. It was interesting to hear both Mark and Pete uh, talk about what they got through in this playoff compared to what they encountered in the bubble. And that they, and I think Pete was, was a little bit more uh, expansive on, on, on this, but that, that there, 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 there was growth in this playoff, despite losing in the third round, there was growth compared to a year ago. 100%. I, I Again, I, I think I look at this playoff run for the Golden Knights and, and really how difficult it was from the opening series against Minnesota all the way through uh, to, to an ending against the Montreal Canadiens. Like, this was a playoff run where the Golden Knights, I think, did take strides. I understand that it's it's still not a Stanley Cup final appearance, but I do look at the the way that Vegas had to play through the first two rounds, the way that they were able to find wins in key moments, key situations. Um, I think that they got better in this playoff run. It's certainly better than they did in the bubble, and I, I just think you, you look at it and you say, okay, I think the Golden Knights, at the end of the day, next season will be better equipped to handle a deep playoff run because they were able to to learn a lot of different things in this playoff run, more so than they did in the bubble. So to be better next year and to be better equipped, you're going to have to either bring in players from the outside by a free agency or trade, mm-hmm. or... Do you get players to, to step up and play regular shifts with, from within the organization? Keegan Colasar is one of those players. Nick Hag is mm-hmm. one of those players. Zach Whitecloud finished last year uh, in the bubble as, as part of the, the, the roster. Uh, Hag and Colasar uh, played their way into positions where they were in the lineup on, on a regular basis. Uh, yeah. who, so who does that next year? Who's part of that group that take that step and allow you because of the salaries of entry level deals or, or bridge deals uh, to give you that, uh, that cushion. And, and right now uh, there's, there's expectations and, and a need quite honestly for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you look at two players, I think right now in, in Peyton Krebs and Cody glass, like those are the two guys right now that could make an immediate impact offensively for the Golden Knights that could potentially give you that that center depth that you are, are kind of looking for. It doesn't have to be top of the league. It doesn't have to be 100% elite, but it does need to be 
just a little bit better than what it was last year. So Peyton Krebs, Cody Glass, it's a big, big summer for those two players. I'd argue it's a bigger summer for Cody Glass than it is for Peyton Krebs. But I do think that you look at those two guys to get better, and that's how you get better with from within your organization as opposed to having to look outside of it. You don't need both to hit. It'd be nice. But you need one of them. No, you just need one. Yeah, yeah you need one of them. Need one. And, and again, I... I that's my argument in terms of Cody Glass. Like I think that that you know this was kind of the year for him. This was kind of the year that everyone expected him to make that jump, and you know we did hear from Kelly McCrimmon that the way that you continue to develop, it's not necessarily a linear arc, right? Like you don't always progress at the same right. rate as everybody else. But you know this summer for Cody Glass, I think is incredibly important to to where he he figures into this team and, and how they continue to get better over the course of the next year. General Manager Kelly McCrimmon touches on the two young forwards. Well, both players are real good young prospects. Both players are uh, high character people that were first round picks by our team. We have high hopes for both. I don't know that there was any expectation with respect to Peyton, if he would be a candidate to play in the playoffs. He was playing at the time he was injured and was uh, was giving us uh, some good games. The coaches elected to leave him in. So I think that speaks to what uh, they were seeing. Um, you know, he was he was healthy and available. So he was uh, he was cleared to play uh, in the playoffs if uh, the coaches would have uh, selected him. And uh, with respect to Cody. I think that it was likely a tougher year for Cody than uh, than he expected. I think it's important uh, that he knows we believe in him. And uh, sometimes these things take more time. And development isn't always a straight line. And I know that's hard for people that uh, uh, don't have a lot of experience in the game to sometimes uh, recognize. But, um, you know, there's a long list of players that have been a little later uh, finding their way. And we uh, still expect that Cody's going to do that. Right, uh, and he admits that there's a tougher year. Didn't run away from that, but mm-hmm. uh, also the the fact that uh, it does take different routes uh, for the organization. And let's be honest, the the Suzuki performance in these playoffs has drawn such a comparison to, to Cody Glass, mm-hmm. and it may yeah. it it may have been worked out where uh, Suzuki has a longer career than, than Cody Glass. It, it may may happen. But the other part about this is like, Cody Glass is playing behind a much better roster. Yes, Montreal's in the Stanley Cup final and getting ready to play uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup championship series tonight. But the opportunity for Nick Suzuki was better available uh, to, to prove himself and in, in, in play in. He took advantage of it. He did. Uh, now it's up to Cody Glass to to use that as motivation if he wants to. As a chip on his shoulder, not not as a burden. And uh, with all the talk about Suzuki in these playoffs, my fear is that's a burden on Cody Glass. I hope that he uses it as motivation or, uh, failing that, just ignores it completely. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. I, I don't know that you, ne- you necessarily need external motivation, but I do think that, you know, knowing Cody Glass a bit as, as we do, that he's going to put in the work over the course of the summer. He's going to come into camp ready to and hoping to prove that he belongs in this league and that he can contribute on this team. And, you know, you, you want to succeed, right? Like, 
you don't get to this level by not really knowing how to succeed. Everyone that's here has has that degree of success in, in their history. So um, I could see Cody Glass using it as motivation. I could see him really, really coming to camp ready to prove that he is that next player that's going to step up and be a key cog for the Golden Knights. And, you know, if if this is what it took to kind of get there, then, you know, I, I think as, as long as he's performing and and helping this team win that's all you all you need you just got to get them you just got to get them there right you just got to get them there one thing we did uh, realize and that it was just obvious uh by what we are witnessing from a lineup point of view is the golden knights were relatively healthy uh through this playoff march uh, chandler stevenson was lost uh in the montreal series but uh if anything uh vegas was able to get players back and in a better spot uh, as the mm-hmm. the first round bled into the the second round and then into the uh, Stanley Cup semifinals, minus one player, and and the amazing part is the player didn't miss a game. Here's Alec Martinez on what he was dealing with uh, in this 2021 postseason. Uh, it was a broken foot, um, so you know I was, uh, um, I guess getting wheeled around a lot, but. Uh, no, it was, you know, our medical staff is, is, is awesome here. Um, they did a, you know, from, from the doctors to the trainers and, and all that. So really a tip of the tip of the cap to those guys. Amazing. A broken foot and the, the way the skates are <laughs> these days and et cetera. I, I hear a lot that you, you can freeze it or do whatever you have to do, tape it up and then you put it yeah. in a boot and there's not a lot of flexibility. Uh, here's the part that, uh, that goes above it. When, when you take a puck off the foot, or the, whether it's the tuck blade uh, that the steel goes into or the boot of the, uh, the, that your foot is in, uh, there's, a, there's a vibration, and they call it the bees in the, in the, in the boot because it just tingles. That's, that's when you have a, like a normal, like a healthy foot. I can't imagine yeah. that guy blocking shots. And he did block shots throughout. He wasn't taking morning skates, and then he would play the game uh, when he had that broken foot. I I just that defies all (laughs) sense, common sense. That's where you realize there's athletes, and then there's me, because there's no way, there's no way uh, that I'm. You may ask me to do that, and I'll tell you, I'll try and do that. But I'm jumping out of the way, and I'm flinching like crazy. And and I'm probably not alone in that. And then we've got Alec Martinez just blocking shots with a broken foot. Yeah, listen, I I it's it's funny because I'm not at all surprised that Alec Martinez was able to perform at the level that he performed in these playoffs while while kind of working through a broken foot. I'm not surprised that he was able to to really be on most nights the Golden Knights' best defenseman. I'm not surprised that he was blocking shots because that's just what he does. He's a great teammate. I'm not going to say that he's a warrior because I know how much he hates that, but I am going to say Alec Martinez is a player you win with because that is just what you get out of him when the stakes are at their highest. He's just an absolute stud in my opinion. And he is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Everybody would like to have him. Everybody wants him back. Uh, That'll be the potentially trickiest uh, negotiation. Uh, Do you want a number one center? Yeah. Uh, Do you want Alec Martinez back? Yeah. Uh, They're not saying it's a one or the other, but it's going to be a a delicate uh, line to 
to cover uh, when you go through your off season. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's one-timers as the Stanley Cup final is underway. Tampa Bay and Montreal uh, will give you an idea of what's going on from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot. He scores. It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. So we have some uh, news to tell you about uh, from around the National Hockey League. Uh, One is, uh, if you missed it, the National Hockey League All-Star Weekend is headed for Las Vegas next February. Uh, Dates, exact dates to to be determined, but you can kind of figure it out. It's kind of in that area. Uh, But it also works around whether or not the National Hockey League players are going to be permitted to participate in the 2022 uh, Olympic Winter Games in Beijing. So won't know right away uh, when that uh, All-Star Weekend is going to be uh, plucked down in Las Vegas, but the All-Star Weekend is going to occur in 2022, and it's going to be in Las Vegas. So here's the part that uh, that is different. Normally during a, uh, a National Hockey League season in which there's Olympic participation, there's no All-Star Weekend. Because they, they don't want to shut down the schedule twice. You've got the break for the Olympics, and you've got the uh, the the break for the the All Star Weekend. They're gonna if if they go to the Olympics, they're gonna do both. So that'll be uh, that'll be different. But uh, the NHL committing to NHL All Star Weekend, whether or not the Olympics happened in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, it's I, certainly going to be a, a packed uh, calendar uh, next uh, next season, and it can only be more packed if the if the NHL and their players do go to the Olympics so something to keep an eye on and hey, all that means for us is just more hockey to consume so let's get let's get after it a couple of outdoor games are on the schedule for next season the winter classic in Minneapolis St. Paul uh, Target Field and then you've got uh, the stadium series game in Nashville at the home of the Tennessee Titans and they are planning they haven't uh, not locked it down yet but uh, a, a Heritage Classic game in Canada, which would be an outdoor game for uh, one of the seven Canadian teams. But uh, they're going back outdoors, so that's uh, that's positive as well. Uh, in the Stanley Cup final, Joel Armina uh, is not playing. Armina uh, was placed in a COVID protocol and uh, just uh, d- didn't get there in time or they felt the travel on a game day uh, was too much. But uh, it sounds like the false positive, right? Is is that what you're reading from this? Yeah, that's that's what I take from it. Obviously, was in COVID protocol over the last day and a half. Was out of COVID protocol earlier today. Did fly to Tampa, I believe. Took morning or took uh, warm up in this game and just uh, decided uh, it was a decision for him not to go in tonight's game. So Jake Evans returns to action for the Montreal Canadiens. Which is great news, right? If uh, yes. I know Joel yes. Armia wants to play, but Jake Evans was the player that was smushed by Mark Scheifele uh, in that first game of round two. And uh, and he, trying the wraparound goal, going for the empty net goal, led to uh, Mark Scheifele missing the rest of, the, of that series. But uh, Jake Evans draws back in. There is an update uh, from that game. And now we go to the homestead. And join Ryan Wallace with a live update from Game One of the 2021 Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, it's one nothing Tampa. Eric Chernak, his first goal of the playoffs. It's a beautiful redirection in the slot to beat Carey Price. 
But there you go. Uh, Montreal, again, lost game one to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that wasn't, uh, I thought it was a harbinger of things to come. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, New York Islanders uh, feeling the pain of the Vegas Golden Knights losing in the conference final or the third round. Stanley Cup semifinal in this case uh, for the second straight year. Uh, so second straight year, both the Islanders and the Vegas Golden Knights fall one step away from making it to the Stanley Cup championship. There's some question marks uh, for the New York Islanders. One of those uh, is Anders Lee. He does expect to be back and ready for training camp, uh, but uh, he's not quite sure uh, what the schedule is right now. He, he's looking good. Uh, he's It's been, what, three three uh, months since since he had surgery. Uh, so it shouldn't yeah. be shouldn't be any reason why he doesn't get back. In fact, he was skating a little bit with the extras uh, when the Islanders were going through their, their playoff uh, run. But that's some great news that the New York Islanders will have their captain back. Yeah, such a key player for them. And, you know, you, you start to sit back and think about what, you know, what could have been if, if Anders Lee was as able to get back into the lineup or, or some type of, of a boost there but you know for the for the islanders i i think that they're one of those teams too just in much the same way that the golden knights are that they keep improving they keep getting better they keep learning those lessons in the playoffs and the hope is that it all kind of pays off and you you go on a run that ultimately ends with you winning a stanley cup uh, marion hosa jerome ginley kevin lowe doug wilson and kim st pierre you know what the what those people have in common? They're inductees to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Right, they're the class of 2020, but induction mm-hmm. weekend was shelved. So it yeah. was originally scheduled for uh, last November. So the Hall of Fame is is now going ahead, and uh, this is this is another great uh, indication uh, of where we are. Not that the uh, the full house in Tampa Bay and the full house of T-Mobile. Uh, wasn't, but uh, it, it's great news that uh, that we're going to be able to induct and watch these uh, these people, uh, men and women, get uh, their rightful opportunity to uh, give the speech and acknowledge uh, folks that have helped them, and uh, and be inducted in the traditional fashion uh, to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Uh, I mean, obviously. That's such a huge accomplishment, right? It's such a huge honor, and you you, you deserve that moment. You deserve that that uh, spotlight to shine on you for for that achievement. So I'm glad to see it's going to happen now. So the 2020 class will be inducted, and there would be there will be no class of 2021. You know what that does? That just backs everything up. Like those that are just eligible. Makes everything. Now now you have two yeah. classes. What what and that. That really hurts those bubble people. They're that are yeah, right there. No, that that is right. COVID. COVID is going to end up uh, uh, getting in the in the way, and it's it's not really like there's not uh, a set number of how many people can be can be voted in. It goes by percentage. If mm. you get a certain percentage of of the vote, uh, but uh, but it does it puts uh, people in that in that bubble spot of. Uh, uh, will they get in? But Marion Hosa, Jerome McGinn, like Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, uh, general manager of the Sharks, Kim St. Pierre, uh, Team Canada goaltender in uh, women's hockey, and Ken Holland in the players category uh, will be inducted in October. So uh, some some great news there. Is there a player that hasn't been inducted that you say, like, put them in? Get let's let's get over this and just put them in. You know, I, like. 
it's so hard for me because like I I'm kind of a a very strict and stringent uh, Hall of Fame guy in general. Like I I think that there are players that you know just from a numbers perspective from from where they were among their peers throughout their entire career. Uh, there are some players that I personally don't think should be in the Hall of Fame. Like I, I think it's one of those elite of the elite of the elite. So I'm not really there, um, just because that's how I choose to view the Hall of Fame in general. I remember a couple of years ago, Jeremy Rona went on a, like a PR campaign, and uh, he, I believe he wrote a book, but but he used like <laughs> piggyback the book tour with trying to get himself yeah. uh, uh, elected into, into the Hockey Hall of Fame, and it didn't work. But he's uh, he's one of those. Uh, Heath Kachuk is a guy that I would love to see uh, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Big Walt. Theo Fleury is another one uh, that uh, that I wouldn't mind uh, seeing uh, just uh, based on on his impact on the game and and, um, and just his flair for the dramatic. But there's, there's a couple of players. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, there's obviously there's there's always going to be a player that you can make a case for. And I, I do look at the induction of Paul Correa, right, as potentially opening the door for, say, a player like Alexander Mogilny, who had 76 goals in the 92-93 season in 77 games. Like, you look at a player like that who, who really was uh, better than a point-a-game player his entire career, you say, okay, if the inclusion of you know, Paul Correa or players in, in that kind of that realm are are opens the door for, say, a guy like Alexander McGillney, then OK, sure, let's go. McGillney's another good one. McGillney's a very good one uh, that that mm-hmm. could easily be uh, put in there. Did uh, Daniel Alfredson get in yet? Is he is he in or no? Don't think so, because he's another guy I'll I think check. comes to mm-hmm. comes to mind. You've got a computer over he, there. Yeah, I guess I'll look. Yeah, yeah. Daniel. I, no, 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 Dan. Dan. <laughs> no, no, I got it. Because you'll probably screw up his name or something. Um, <laughs> Daniel Alfredson is not a hockey Hall of Famer. He did win the ninety-five, ninety-six Calder. Yeah. So there you go. There was a there was a um, lot of talk about him a couple of years ago. Too. Yeah. Seems like a. I, yeah, I mean, I, it'd be good for Ottawa for him to get into. I think. Not that that's why you do those things, but. You know, he, he was probably their best player in their reincarnation for a long time. So you've been over sitting over there doing yeah. nothing, and then you just <laughs> come up with the question instead of with your keyboard yeah. and your computer. Well, well, I, I was going to say Mogilny was, was a guy who, who I thought, and of course, Ryan being the, the great host that he is, he... Of Mo- he mentioned McGillney before I could turn my mic on. Do you so. not get Google on that side of the no, board? No, it doesn't work. I it doesn't disabled. work. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> but it works on my side, yes. but it doesn't work on your it side. Work I'm blown away by yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> what about your phone, Chapman? Your phone works. No, I. Yeah, my phone does work, yes. Tough to. Well, then you'd have to quit playing solitaire. I don't. Yeah, I'm terrible That's a good at that. Point. Then, then that'd be right out. Uh, you'd be completely <laughs> screwed up. Uh, Tampa Bay leads the Montreal Canadiens 1-0 early on in the Stanley Cup final, uh, about halfway through the first period uh, of that one. Uh, Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury, we're going to chat a little bit more uh, in the coming days about the goaltending tandem, but uh, just uh, as we've got a second here, to, to hear both players talk about how much they grew to enjoy the tandem uh, was 
was enlightening to me over the course of the weekend. Well, I I think that you've got two guys that recognize that that when both are playing at the the their potential, they can do some really magical things together. And and I I do think that you know you look at this as. Uh, a tandem that you believe can win you a Stanley Cup. You look at this as two guys that that you have complete confidence and trust in. And I think that when you go to battle night in and night out with your teammates, you grow that bond. And, and it's not really that surprising to me. I know they both want to play. I know they want the net. But you've got a legend in Marc-Andre Fleury, and you've got Robin Leonard, who looks at Marc-Andre Fleury as a legend too. So then you look at Andre Vasilevsky, who played every minute last year and has played every minute yep. this year. And yep. Carey Price, who I believe has played every minute this year. Now, Montreal doesn't make the playoffs mm-hmm. without a tandem. They don't. Jake Allen yeah. uh, didn't have a sparkling record, but he was pretty close to 500, and which is way better than anybody else has been able to do as a backup in Montreal in the last couple of years. Uh, so it's flat out, yeah. Montreal's not in this spot. Carey Price doesn't have the opportunity to do this without uh, Jake Allen. But both teams in the final have rode one guy, whereas some teams uh, switched back and forth. The New York Islanders and the the Vegas Golden Knights that that got to the to the third round, and so I'm I'm sort of uh, wishy washy on or but I'm more curious, which way is it going to go? Are teams going to start going more uh, about depth and being able to spell off a guy for a couple of days uh, during a Stanley Cup playoff run, or do we see it go back to the traditional no brainer? You just ride one guy. It'll be interesting, and, and I think the, the way the Golden Knights kind of go about their decision in terms of what they do, obviously you can stand pat and keep both guys going into next season, or you can look at, at trying to make a change if, if you're so inclined over the course of the offseason. I think the way the Golden Knights go will be kind of an indicator of that, right? Like if you, if you think that in terms of the playoffs, in terms of what you need to be successful in the playoffs is – one guy that you have that confidence in that trust in and you can kind of ride that that momentum with then it'll be interesting to see how the golden knights approach it in the offseason and then you've got the the florida panthers <laughs> didn't, didn't they play three guys <laughs> yes. in, in the in just in that like, first series yeah i mean they've got like seven goalies right yeah. like they, they've got they've they, they can have a different guy in net every single day of the week and be fine that will be fun to watch uh, when we start next season. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Monday, June the on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Question. Now that the Golden Knights are out, are you guys watching the Tour de France or the uh, European Soccer Championship more? European soccer for me. Where were you, Ryan? Neither one. Did you see that guy at the Tour de France who had the sign at the oh, start? No, 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 she's in trouble. Oh, yes. I oh, it was a woman. I I, I only saw like grainy video, I think but it was a woman. Uh, yeah, dumb. Oh no, no. you got to get on TV, right? So dis- so let's dis- cause a crash. Disappeared. Like, broke people's bones. Oh, that went off roading. Then that that's what I wanted to say. Like people are flying off their bikes and they're still they're still competing, and then. The soccer guys are like, ooh, I got tripped on a blade of grass and I'm hurt for life. What kind oh, of... I'm uh, okay now. What, what, kind of, what, 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 what accent was that? Was that? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Manitoban? Uh, no, it wasn't born in Manitoban. It must have been must have been Eastern Ontario. I don't, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> like, come on, that was that was terrible. Yeah. Come on, the the soccer like stand up up there. Take a couple of hicks, kicks and whacks. Uh, here's Chris Chapman. Yeah, um, I don't know if you have been following the College World Series today. It started the uh, the finals. Uh, Vanderbilt and Mississippi State, but really unfortunate for North Carolina State. They had to basically default out of the College World Series. They were down to the Final Four, and uh, a couple players came down with COVID, and they had to basically... Uh, Non-vaccinated players. Yeah, yeah, they had to bow out of the, uh, the the tournament. So Vanderbilt, by default, goes, and NC State had a really good team. They looked like they could win it all, and uh, really unfortunate. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine being those guys who ended up costing the team a chance to win a championship because you you made the decision to not get vaccinated. Oh, I know, but you know what? Not not uh, through the vaccination angle, but uh, I got used to costing my team's titles. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> when, when, when you have a sieve in goal in goaltender, that, that tends to happen. You get, you get used to having no chance at all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Ryan, it's nice to be back. I know we don't have the uh, Stanley Cup final to chat about, but uh, a lot to uh, to get to still from that media availability uh, on the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. Looking forward to it. Uh, we'll deal with uh, Alec Martinez. We'll deal with the goaltenders uh, and uh, more from Captain Mark Stone as we roll on this week on Fox Sports Las Vegas.